the Shep Naz Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Naz Podcast here at Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ. I'm Joe. I'm your guest host today. Pastor Joey is still out on new baby duty. Today, we're fortunate to find Pastor Rob in his own office that we have temporarily transformed into a podcast studio. We've been in the midst of a message series called Money Matters Biblical Stewardship. This past Sunday, Pastor Rob delivered the final message in the series. And so today, we're going to do a little wrap up and debrief on biblical stewardship. Pastor Rob, welcome back to your own office. Thank you. It is so good to be back here in this place. (laughs) Uh, As we get into our discussion, uh, we're wanting to touch on how giving affects us personally. And then uh, we're also going to take a look at the ramifications of our giving on kind of the big church, the big C church. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you say uh, that our giving... The amount of get that we give or the amount that we don't give, how is that affecting us personally? Yeah, so the, the series has been about how um, when we manage our finances the way God wants us to manage our finances, we can expect God's involvement in those finances and we can expect God's blessings. Um, we've talked about in the in the series how if I'm giving, there's a good chance I'm growing because what that means is I'm trusting God with my area in the area of finances, and if I can trust God in the area of my finances, I can trust Him with everything else as well. So giving and growing are kind of connected as well. Also, when we talk about giving uh, our personal giving, it's about managing our finances so that God can be involved. And God promises that if we're faithful with the resources that He entrusts to us. That he's going to take care of us. Um, you've heard stories uh, this last week of people for, who are part of our church who have made tithing an important part of their life or a priority and how God provides for them, sometimes in really cool, miraculous ways. Uh, other times it's just you give us, a, give us a raise or continue to give us the jobs that we need or whatever, but he's always providing for us. And then the thing I love the most about this financial financial journey with God is that and Malachi 3.10, where he commands us to tithe 10% of our income or to give 10% of our income, which is what the word tithe means, 10%, is um, that he promises that if we'll do those things, he will take care of us and meet our needs. And he says to test us. And so when we test him, we literally get the opportunity to experience God providing for us in, in cool ways. And it's the only place in scripture God tells us to test him. But when we do it, God is on the hook, right, to yep. provide for us. Uh, and because we know that God is faithful in who he says he is, when we do what he asks us to do, he's on the hook to provide. And the Bible says he will throw open the floodgates of heaven and bless us in ways that we can't even imagine. Um, and so you've heard stories of people doing that. That's a personal, uh, my personal story, Monica's personal story is that we've been faithful in that area and God has blessed us in ways we couldn't even imagine. We've done things, been to places that we just couldn't have even imagined. So, so there's definitely a personal um, connection to our giving and how it affects us in our relationship with God. Uh, and again, if I can trust God in the area of my finances, I could trust him with my soul and where it's going to spend eternity. Sure. So, yeah. And you know, when, when you say that God has asked us to go ahead and test him in that area, I, I don't think he's in the least bit worried of what we might come up with. No. Um, you know, when, yeah. when we realize that he really is in control of everything and has all the resources. Yeah. 
um, he can say that with without even a question in right, his mind. Right. Well, I mean, you, when you've got every, when you own everything, what can you throw at him that, that can mess him up? Right. right. I mean, he's he said the Bible says he owns everything; it's all his. So there's no request you could ever give to God, or no need you could ever have that's too big for him. Now, when we were talking earlier, you said something that you had uh, found a resource, a book called uh, The Hole in Our Gospel, and that was kind of a, a resource that you've been using as kind of some source material for some of the teaching, obviously, in addition to Scripture. Um, yeah. But a, a little bit about that. What What are you yeah. seeing from there? So I got a hold of this book several years ago. Uh, it was written by the president of World Vision, and it's called The Hole in Our Gospel. And The Hole in Our Gospel really talks about how, as the American church, we focus on believing and getting into heaven and all those kinds of things and our faith, but we don't really take action to address the needs that are in the world. And of course, in order to address the needs that exist in the world, it takes finances. And so he really did a deep dive study on the state of giving in the American church and uh, how it is or how it isn't. But it was really interesting also is that he talked about the wealth of the American church. And um, so there's there's an interesting statistic uh, that he mentioned, and I want to share. It's, it's um, that American Christians make up only 5% of the worldwide church. And so if you take everybody in the world as a Christian, um, only only and, and everybody in America who claims to be a Christian, only 5% of all the Christians are American, um, which means 95% come from the rest of the world. Uh, we see that in our own denomination. The church mm-hmm. is growing in other areas and not necessarily here. But but um, so American Christians make up 5% of the worldwide church, but that 5% of Christians control half of the global Christian wealth. Wow. Um, so, so we have that, that 5% has 50% of the global Christian wealth. And um, because there are needs all around the world that aren't being met, it could be indicative of the fact that the American Christian church is not generous in, in their giving patterns to help meet those needs. Um, and I thought it was really interesting. He did some research and found that uh, if your income is more than $25,000 in a year, you are wealthier than 90% of the world's 7.8 billion people. And I don't know, you know how much money everybody makes, but 25,000 isn't a ton of money. You could probably make that uh, doing minimum wage, working 40 hours a week every week, or come close to it. And if you did that, you would be wealthier than 90% of the world's 7.8 billion people. If your income is um, 41,000 or, uh, or more, or 41,000, you're in the top 3% of income earners in the world at wow. 41,000. That's the wow. top 3%. If your income is 50,000 per year, you're wealthier than 99% of the world's 7.8 billion people. Um, and that, and that's amazing. And so we look around often and we look at other people and what they have and we think, I don't have anything or I'm not, you know, I'm not wealthy or whatever. But the, <laughs> the truth is we are. Well, sure. I mean, right now, you know, times feel tight. Uh, you go to the grocery store, everything costs more. Yeah. You go to the gas pump, it costs more. And you start thinking, I don't, I don't have anything or I don't have as much as I used to. And you kind of lose perspective of how the rest of the world yeah. is living. Yeah. And the, that certainly doesn't make us uh, better people just because we have more money, but right. it does put on us kind of a responsibility exactly. and an onus to be able to do something with the yeah. money that we've been given. Yeah. Um, kind of circling back to that, um, you know, I think we lose sight of the fact that 
you had mentioned ministry takes money. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're whether you're looking at global missions or some of the needs around the world, uh, the world we live in, anything that we do takes money to do it. Yeah, and maybe on a personal level, we lose sight of the fact that it's our personal money that that God has entrusted us with to be mm-hmm. stewards of that we're supposed to use to meet the needs. Right. You know, we, we hear, um, we hear we're supposed to be the hands and feet of God. I think maybe we have to add the, yeah. the wallet, you know, yeah. <laughs> we need to be the hands, the feet and yeah. the wallet. Well, our hands need to get in our wallet <laughs> and give for the Lord. Yeah. Well, you're talking about gas prices and everything. And we gripe and complain about gas prices and, and uh, in the book, Richard Stern says, uh, who's president of World Vision at the time, that uh, basically 90% of the world, the world's population don't even own a car. Mm-hmm. They walk wherever they go. It, yeah. But we're griping about the price of gas. And I'm not saying that it's, I mean, I gripe about it too. It's high and I don't want to pay that much, but I'm not walking everywhere. You know, I'm not walking, you know, to, to work back and forth and everything. Here's one other interesting statistic, um, how when we often compare ourselves to other people and we look around and we feel bad, um, the average uh, person, in 50%, not the average, 50% of uh, the world's population lives on less than $6.85 a day. Six eighty-five. I mean, you can't even get a Happy Meal for that, barely. I mean, you well, certainly can't get the... Uh, Number six combo at Wendy's, which is the spicy chicken with no tomato or mayonnaise for $6.85. And I can speak from personal experience. It is a challenge for my son to go out and eat for less than that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I, yeah. I would agree. Um, it, now, we don't give for the purpose of receiving benefit back. Right. You know, we give because that's what we're called to do. And we give because we've been so blessed that we want to give back. Yeah. But that said, there are benefits to giving. You know, yeah. we we can claim the promises that, that God has given yeah. us. And um, sometimes things don't wear out as quick as they would have. Or sometimes things mm-hmm. last longer. Um I, we just had, um, uh, this past Friday, I was, I was driving home and Susan called and she said, um, the furnace is making a weird noise. And unfortunately I kind of knew what it was going to be because I had been hearing the starts of this weird noise for (laughs) a while, but I hadn't said anything. I'd just been waiting till, you know, it eventually happened. Yeah. And uh, I got home and started looking at it, and sure enough, it was a blower motor that mm-hmm. had gone out, which is, you know, it's an old furnace and would be a substantial yeah. repair. And um, I called up my friend and said, hey, um, furnace is out, and I think it's the blower motor. And and um, without even a, a thought, he's like, I think I might have one over in the shop, and immediately went over pulled one out of another unit that was a used unit and came over. And within about an hour and a half from the time that it went out to the time when the blower motor was replaced. Yeah. And, um, you know, some would say, well, that's a good friend, which yes, he is. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
in addition to that, um, it's just evidence that God will provide. And yeah. it sometimes it might be extra money in the paycheck. Sometimes it may be yeah. just a, a gift and a resource that you weren't anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you were speaking before I went on to that little sidetrack about uh, the American church. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a short break and uh, let everyone digest what we've already been talking about. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about um, what it looks like if, if everyone is doing what God has called us to do, what the possibilities are for the church. Yep, great. All right, we'll be right back. As we've been diving into the teachings of biblical stewardship, we realize the importance of giving you the tools to get from where you are to where you need to be. With that in mind, Shepherd Church has secured a site license for Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. This is free to all those who call Shepherd Church their home. This includes all of their premium online resources and every dollar budgeting app for all of 2023. If you're ready to get in on this, then email podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know you want the code to unlock your financial peace. Countless people experience God's blessings when they tithe, but often the first step is the hardest one to take. The 90-day tithe challenge a money-back guarantee of sorts. Essentially, it's a contract based on God's promise in Malachi 3, 10, and 11. See, the Bible asks us to give our first and our best back to God, and He will bless the rest. We return to the Lord 10% of what He's given us because it belongs to Him. If you're not tithing already, a great way to start is with a 90-day tithe challenge. We commit to you that if you tithe for three months and God doesn't hold true to His promises of blessings, we'll refund 100% of your tithe, no questions asked. All you got to do is fill out the Connect card and click the button that says 90-day tithe challenge. We'll sign you up and we'll be able to walk with you through those three months and see all the good that God will do in your life. All right, we're back and Rob is still in his office and we still have him in front of a microphone and a headset on. So we're going to ask him some more questions and uh, we're going to start about, uh, you know, basically the definition of tithe in the Bible is 10% of our first fruits. And I was just wondering, is that a reality today in the American church or where where do we stand right now? Yeah. So... The, the answer, short answer is no, really the American church isn't even close to giving 10% of its income. Um, there's been all kinds of studies. Uh, this guy, Richard Cern, did one at the World Vision. I've done a bunch of research with Dave Ramsey and even went to a, um, a training thing where you can figure out, you know, the percentage of giving your church based on where people live and their zip code and the average income and all that kind of stuff. And basically what it boils down to, uh, and this was a few years ago, and it might be a little bit higher, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, and that is that um, the, average, um, the average giving of the American church member is less than 3%. So if you take, a, you know, say, for instance, our church and everybody who's giving, and you take, if you were to figure out what their average annual income was for everybody in our church and say, what would 10% of that be? It would be this number. Our number is three percent, and that's just that's not just unique to Shepherd. It's every every church. Uh, some churches are maybe higher and some are lower, but the average across the board in America is three percent, uh, a little less than three percent. And I think that one of the things that is interesting about that is that in 1927, when we were going through some really tough stuff in this country, the average giving at that point was 3.3 percent. 
So mm-hmm. when people perceivingly had less money, we were going through more difficult times. Um, they were giving more then than we're giving now. But think about that. So if so, so in in Malachi chapter three, before uh, God says, you know, He says, you know, give the ten percent, and there's this accusation that people are robbing God, and they're like, well, how are you robbing? How how are we robbing you? And He's like, because in tithes and offerings, you're not giving the ten percent. So. Mm-hmm. So the reality is that when we don't give 10%, Scripture teaches us that we're robbing God, uh, and on average, we're robbing God of 7%, uh, according wow. to these statistics. But if you think of all of the American Christians who are robbing God of 7%, what would that add up to? And if the church had access to that money, what could the church do to meet the needs in the world? So some of this research was done that says that if every um, everyone every American Christian gave 10% of their income, uh, there would be an extra $168 billion uh, to fund the work of the church worldwide. Wow. So $168 billion. So to give you a kind of a, um, a perspective on that, uh, Americans usually, we spend somewhere around $700 billion for entertainment. So we, <laughs> we have no problem spending money there. Uh, American teenagers in, in 2008, this is 15 years ago, spent $179 uh, billion just on their own, whatever they wanted to buy. That's probably much higher now. $65 billion is spent on jewelry in America. $58 billion is spent on lottery tickets. Um, and $39.5 billion is how much the, the U.S. government spent on foreign assistance. Wow. But the church could have an extra $168 billion dollars if we gave the 10% that God asked us to give. Well, just looking at the number that you were just touting, you know, um, around 40 billion that the U S government does for foreign aid. And if we had another 168 billion as the church, what could we be doing around the world? You know, when we think about what the U S government does with, with their money around the world, uh, yeah. What could the church be doing to minister to people around the world? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so in the, uh, for anyone that's a Marvel fan, and I'm not making any commentary one way or the other on that, <laughs> they they put out a series uh, called What If? And the the whole premise of the series was, you know, maybe there's an alternate universe. And in the alternate universe, um, what if this person was a different character? You know, what if Captain America was um, a woman? And what if these other characters were mm-hmm. made different decisions? So uh, let's play the what if scenario. And what could uh, ministry look like if we were each doing our part in giving? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's um, I mean, it, it's interesting to think about on a local scale and a global scale. So you think about if everyone at Shepherd gave 10% of their income who called themselves a Christian, um, how much, you know, if we're a typical church and we're getting about 3%, what, and when with the giving of 3%, we're bringing in about a million dollars in a year. Um, if if that were to triple, to go from three percent to seven percent or to ten, um, we we would be out of debt in a year. We would fund every ministry that we have going on, 
and we would have almost a million dollars to spend to invest in ministry in our community. That's just in one year. Well, let's do it then. <laughs> I would love that. That would be, nothing would make me happier, right? But here's, here's if we think about it on a global scale and, and you know, you think about the bad rap that Christianity gets because of whatever, all these other reasons. What if the church just got serious and said, we're just going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to solve the problems in the world. And as you said earlier in, in the podcast, it takes money to do that. Um, and so, so if you take $168 billion, here are some of the problems in the world that you could solve. At World Vision, they estimate that you could eliminate the most extreme poverty in the world for 1 billion people with $65 billion. So that's $65 billion. You could get people out of extreme poverty, not living, you know, in, you know, uh, trash dumps and those kinds of things. So you could eliminate that. You could take another $6 billion and provide universal primary education for the children of the world. So just the basic things of, of, of universal primary, teaching them to read and write or whatever. Um, you take $9 billion and provide clean water to most of the world's poor. So you have so many people in the world who are putting a bucket on their head, walking a mile or two miles to a mud hole where there's animals and, and all kinds of other stuff living, getting the dirty water and coming back for $9 billion, we could solve the clean water problem for most of the world's poor. Wow. We could take $13 billion and provide basic health and nutrition for everyone in the world, right? Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's not like health care, but that's basic health and nutrition. And if that's what, if that's what it costs, and this is, according, this is a, a report that World Vision put out, there's $75 billion left over. Wow. And by the way, that's just in one year. Yeah. So then after we've solved those problems, yeah. then the next year we can start all over with something right. new. Yeah. And, and the incredible thing is that you're doing it all in Jesus' name. And so right. you're giving you know, people in parts of the world who walk two miles to get dirty water, clean water, and you're doing it in Jesus' name. You're telling them, we're doing this because Jesus loves you. We're teaching your kids to read because Jesus loves you. We're getting you out of poverty because Jesus loves you. We're doing all this in Jesus' name. Uh, and for him, and 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 these are the kinds of things that the church could be doing, and I think God intended for the church to do if we would, like you know, Fran said in the last episode, live with an open hand. Right. You know, let what God gives us re- redirect what God gives us the the ten percent. And here's the amazing thing: is that if if everything we have is God's, he's he's like, hey, you get a ninety percent bonus. Take ninety yeah. percent of my stuff. Do it the way you want. Take this ten percent. Give it to the church and let the church direct it to the, meet the needs in the world. And then all of a sudden, needs are being met. I mean, think about even in our own community, you know, the programs that we could invest in and helping people with food and drug addictions and grief and, and just some of the issues that we're facing in our culture and our community that we could, as a church, invest in and help in Jesus' name. Uh, and so when we talk about giving, it's, it's, it's certainly there are these personal benefits but there's a much broader scale that when we give and the church is faithful to be good stewards of the resources that it is entrusted with, and we can meet those needs in the world in Jesus' name, man, it would be, I, I, that would just be an <laughs> exciting day. That would just be amazing to be able to do that. Well, since in the uh, past 20 minutes, we've been able to solve world hunger and poverty. We just needed a podcast to do it. That's it. Uh, maybe we should take a look at uh, personal first steps uh, to be able to get there. Yeah. And um, so we've 
we've made a challenge and mm -hmm. we've also put out some resources. Can you hit on that for a little bit? Yeah. So we have two things. One is the resources that our church purchased a site-wide license for those who are part of our church or would want to be uh, giving them access to Dave Ramsey's website. And in that website, there's just a million tools to help you financially with your own personal finances. Um, Financial Peace University is one of them. There's tons of classes, all kinds of budgeting tools, tools to help you get out of debt, um, teaching videos, uh, coaching. There's resources on there to help you with your taxes and investments and retirement and insurance and all that. That's all free. And if you have not had the opportunity to get connected to that, just send us an email at uh, podcast at shepnaz.org and we'll send you the access code to that kind of stuff so you can get involved in that to help you in your own personal finances. And then the second step is that, um, as we mentioned earlier this weekend, we gave a, a tithe challenge and it's a 90-day tithe challenge. And the idea behind this is that if you haven't been tithing 10% to, to, to either begin tithing 10% or ramp up to 10% for 90 days uh, and, and test the Lord. It's like this experiment because it's the only place the Bible says to test them and test the Lord and, and say, God, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. And when you and you're you're on the hook then to provide back for me because you said, test me in this, says the Lord, and I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven and bless you in ways you can't even imagine. So. So the, the challenge is that you would tithe for 90 days, and if at the end of 90 days it has not been a spiritually enriching journey, God has not blessed you, and you feel like this was a waste of your time and, and money, um, our church board has voted unanimously to refund your money if you would request that. So we would be happy to do that. But the thing is, we know that God is faithful. He's going to be faithful. And the exciting thing about that is that not, it's not the financial part, but you're going to get the opportunity to experience God in a new way, in a fresh way, as he provides for you and as he shows himself to be true to, to do for you what he said he would do. So, so there's a couple of resources and ways that you can get involved in that if you would be, if you'd be up for that. Amen. All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. Remember that if you heard something today that resonated with you, that you can reach out to us by emailing us at podcast at shepnaz.org. We also have all the Dave Ramsey financial peace resources, and you can get signed up for the Tithe Challenge. Remember to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, so it helps us spread the message. For Pastor Rob and Pastor Joey, I'm Joe. Have a great rest of your day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.